Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Deal with 
All right, beautiful people, I want to thank you for joining me this morning here on Prison Focus Radio on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. I am your host, Nube Brown, and we are going to spend the hour with Musamada. I actually don't know his slave name. He is a young brother out of R.J. Donovan. We're actually not going to be talking much about his case, of, uh, but we... We're going to be hearing from him about his philosophy, about his uh, knowing thyself uh, and his passion for knowing thyself and what he wants to do when he gets out here. Again, his his philosophy on uh, living life, knowing self, um, some of it having to do with the Willie Lynch letter, So, which we will probably be reading um, if time permits. So get ready to hear from this young brother, uh, Musa Mata, out of R.J. Donovan. Here we go. Okay, well, my name is Masa Musa IV. I'm founder of Black Owned Technology. I'm currently incarcerated unlawfully and against my will at the R.J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego, California. I was sentenced in uh, 2016 to 11 years at 85. Um, Around uh, early 2015 and 16, I was involved in a a series of uh, petty thefts at Target, Vaughn, Albertsons, uh, you know, department stores, such in that nature. I was stealing liquor and hustling it uh, in a lifestyle of uh, drug addiction, street hustle, in uh, petty crimes. Um, I received uh, uh, 11 years for an uh, alleged robbery where while I was at a store, I left with a bag of liquor and the store clerk attempted to uh, stop me and she grabbed the bag and there was a slight struggle, a tug of war, if you will, and I got the bag away. I didn't touch her, didn't threaten her, didn't hit her, and I ran out the store. And so I received five years for that. And because I was uh, because I was considered a violent offender, they charged it as a robbery. They said I used force to accomplish the taking. In order for a death to constitute a robbery, uh, Penal Code 211, uh, there has to be force in a force or fear to accomplish the taking. They said I used force to co- accomplish the taking, which elevated it from a mere theft to a robbery. I received five years for that. Because I have a similar incident as that with a T-shirt from L.A. County in Hollywood, I st- This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I attempted to steal a shirt uh, at, in L.A. County at 16 years old, and um, I received a strike for that also as a robbery for just a shirt that cost uh, $9. And so they used that in my adult case. I was 21 years old when I got sentenced. They used my uh, juvenile strike prior for a t-shirt and doubled it up to 10 years uh, from from a juvenile. And then they gave me one year for a uh, county year I did at when I was 18. I did a county a bullet known as a bullet, a straight year at 18. And they gave me an extra year for having that prior, which uh, led me with a sentence 11 years at 85%. No one got hurt. Uh, I'm charged as a violent offender serving 85%. And so um, this is the type of archaic uh, antiquated laws that have pervaded and persisted in our nation. And um, as of right now, you have the top uh, political leaders of the United States that are speaking out against China for the holding the Beijing Olympics because they're involved in uh, human rights violations. And if anyone has an inkling of United States history, then it begs the question, how was the North American continental landmass acquired? <laughs> and so it's satirical in nature where the U.S., 
political leaders are criticizing and excoriating another nation for human rights violation when this is a nation in the 21st century, in year 2022, that practices slavery via its 13th Amendment. This is a nation that practices slavery and human trafficking legally in the 21st century and has the temerity and gall to speak against another nation's human rights violation. And so this is the type of hypocrisy that has been able to um, uh, proliferate throughout the political system. And so um, when you see these uh, unlawful sentences, this was just another way to ensnare another generation of black men inside of this system in order to keep them as the relegated, marginalized class of uh, people. Are you still there with me, Nube? I am so here with you. And the one point that I do want to make um, is, yes, uh, they are, this is a genocidal practice of, of uh, modern-day enslaving our young black men, but it's also happening at, you know, the, you know, three, four hundred percent rate for our black uh, women as well. I'm following you. I'm following you, and and this is the type of uh, this is the type of uh, system that we're on. We're the only people on this planet. I want you to think of it for a second. That has an instruction instruction guide manual, sort of like when you buy a vacuum from uh, Walmart, Target, or Amazon, and it has an instruction guide manual to how you compose it and put it together. We're the only people on this planet that have an instruction guide manual of how to keep us an acquiescent, suppressed group of people known as the Willie Lynch letter. There is an instruction guide manual on our person to keep us an uh, oppressed uh, group of people and to keep us uh, in a state of entropy, keep us in a, straight, a, a state of disarray and disunity. There's an instruction mm-hmm. guide manual that has been made. And so when you look at the nefarious nature of that, that's something that is really um, horrendous. It, I, it, I, it, I have no words to explain that. It's just something that uh, I live with every day as a black man. I'm 26 years old. I'm 26 years old. And so I live with that as a black man to know that this is what's on my, this is, this is what I've inherited. I've inherited a, 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 a position in the world where people look at me and think that they're superior to me and think that they can uh, decide that they can. You have 60 seconds remaining. Do it the way I'm calling back, uh, Miss Nuve. All right. I actually am going to take a moment to read the Willie Lynch letter. This actually was given to me by John Cluchet, who is now Wesley Cluchet um, of the Soledad Brothers. He was one of the three, along with George Jackson and Fleeta Drumgo. This is the Willie Lynch letter and the making of a slave published by Lushena Books, 607 Country Club Drive, Unit E, Bensonville, Illinois, 60106. And um, the historical documentary layout and cover graphic design are by Kashif Malik Hassan L., published in February of 1999, and the second printing was in August of 1999. I don't think I'll read the introduction, but the William Lynch, The Untold Story, 1712. This speech was delivered by a white slave owner, William Lynch, on the bank of the James River in 1712. And the message is still true today by William Lynch. Gentlemen, I greet you here on the banks of the James River in the year of our Lord, 1712. First, I shall thank you, the gentlemen of the colony of Virginia, for bringing me here. 
I am here to help you solve some of your problems with slaves. Your invitation reached me on my modest plantation in the West Indies, where I have experimented with some of the newest and still the oldest methods for control of slaves. Ancient Rome would envy us if my program is implemented. As our boat sailed south on the James River, named for our illustrious king whose version of the Bible we cherish, I saw enough to know that your problem is not unique. While Rome used cords of wood and crosses for standing human bodies along its old highways in great numbers, you are here using the tree and the rope on occasion. I caught the whiff of a dead slave hanging from a tree a couple of miles back. You are not only losing valuable stock by hangings, you are having uprisings. Slaves are running away. Your crops are sometimes left in the fields too long for maximum profit. You're, you suffer occasional fires. Your animals are killed. Gentlemen, you know what your problems are. I do not need to elaborate. I am not here to enumerate your problems. However, I am here to introduce you to a method of solving them. In my bag here, I have a foolproof method for controlling your black slaves. I guarantee every one of you that if installed correctly, it will control the slaves for at least 300 years. My method is simple. Any member of your family or your overseer can use it. I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves, and I take these differences and make them bigger. I use fear, distrust, and envy for control purposes. These methods have worked on my modest plantation in the West Indies, and it will work throughout the South. Take this simplest little list, simple little list of differences and think about them. On top of my list is age, but it is there only because it starts with an A. The second is color or shade. There is intelligence, size, sex, size plantations, status on plantation, attitude of owners, whether the slaves live in the valley, on the hill, east, west, north, south, have fine hair, coarse hair, or is tall or short. Now that you have a list of differences, I shall give you an outline of action, but before that I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than trust and envy is stronger than adulation, respect, or admiration. The black slave, after receiving this indoctrination, shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-generating for hundreds of years, maybe thousands. Don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the young black, and the young black male against the old black male. You must use the dark-skinned slaves versus the light-skinned slaves, and the light-skinned slave versus the dark-skinned slaves. You must use the female versus the male and the male versus the female. You must also have your white servants and overseers distrust all blacks, but it is necessary that your slaves trust and depend on us. They must love, respect, and trust only us. Gentlemen, these kits are your keys to control. Use them. Have your wives and children use them. Never miss an opportunity. If used intensively for one year, the slaves themselves will remain perpetually distrustful. Thank you, gentlemen. Editors repeat, this speech was delivered by a white slave owner, William Lynch, on the banks of the James River in 1712. Again, there is an introduction by Hassan L, and it goes on to the rest of uh, this publication, which let's make a slave by the Black Arcade Liberation Library, 1970. I suggest you get it if you are interested by uh, Lushena Books, Inc. What did you want to weigh in on? Start again. Uh, there was this case that, that happened uh, in Norway uh, about a few years ago. This guy did a mass shooting. But, you know, that was horrific. That was really heinous in nature. But what really caught me, caught my attention, was the sentencing, in the, uh, the sentencing of it. 
was that uh, he was only able, he was the max of his sentence was 21 years. That was the most uh, harshest crime, you know, harshest uh, time in uh, Norway was the max was 21 years. That was supposed to be their harshest punishment. And that really struck me awry that after he hit the 11-year mark, which was half, he was considered for parole for a mass shooting. And mm-hmm. so uh, in the land of democracy, the land of the home and free, when I just pick up on things like that from a uh, from a holistic uh, global perspective, uh, that, that, that really uh, takes me back to say that uh, America, the United States, is really a punitive society. They're the most harshest punitive society on the planet. The United States is. That, this is something that is really... Um, deleterious and detrimental to our human species, and that's the reason why I've already prophesied and predicted the next world war. The next world war is going to be the human species versus the human race. The human race was born 500 years ago after the explosion of the last Moors on the Iberian Peninsula in Portugal and Spain. And so after mercantilism and capitalism and imperialism and racism, when those ideologies and concepts uh, first uh, was born... This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. ...was born in Europe, that's when the race was kicked off. You can say in 1492, when Isabella and uh, Ferdinand united Castile and Aragon. And so once that had happened, the Spanish began to find colonies to be independent from resources from other nations. And so that's when the exploitation of our human species started. And so now the human species, there's no such thing as a human race. The human race is a competition between France, England, and Spain. Well, I'm German, I'm Japanese, I'm Chinese, I'm Nigerian, I'm Ghanaian, I'm Ethiopian. Even though that we're not participating in the race at a large level, but the major countries in the world are racing against each other for world domination and world power. So therefore, race is not a classification of a people. We have different ethnicities, but there's no such thing as a different race. Oh, I'm from the white race. I'm from the black race. No. These are a race is a group of people known as a nationality, ethnic groups, religious, political beliefs that are con- competing against each other for world resources and world domination. That's what a race is. And so we're a human species that want to live as a human species. Then we're tackling the human race, and then we're tackling the climate and our planet. Our planet that we inherited and were bestowed upon by our creator is now an ailment because of the human race's activity, the carbon emission, uh, the ice caps melting in the, uh, in the Arctic, uh, emitting carbon with the permafrost. All of this cycle, life cycle, our life cycle, our loss of our biodiversity is putting us now in contact with things that we're not supposed to be in contact, enabling um, coronaviruses, Ebola, Zika, the different type of uh, uh, so-called natural diseases and natural um, viruses that have now proliferated and metastasized throughout the world. And so Mother Earth is fighting back through natural disasters. And this is, in, this is a planet in a world that us as African people inherited. The birthplace of humanity is in Africa, and that's irrefutable. And from that primordial primitive people, we immigrated outside of Africa and, continent, and, 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 and colonized every continent known to man through the aborigines of Australia. We went to the Tigris and the Euphrates and Mesopotamia uh, through the Kushites. 
known as the Canaanites, the children of Ham. We were the Hebrews. We are the Semitic people. They talk about Whoopi Goldberg as being anti-Semitic and suspending her from the view. She is Semitic. That's what the Afro-Asiatic people look like. They were jet black people. Semitic means comes from a Greek word that means semi, which means half. That's what the prefix semi means. Semi means half. Comes from the word shim. Those were semi. That means Afro-Asiatic. She is Semitic. They say Louis Farrakhan is anti-Semitic. He is Semitic. We are Semitic. We are the uh, Babylonians. We are the Chaldeans. We are the original Arabs through Hagar and Ishmael. And so when we're able to uh, understand that as a people, we have an instruction guide manual of how to keep us as a suppressed, stratified group of people, then us as black men, we have we will realize that can't nobody give us justice, equality, or freedom. How can you give me something that was already bestowed upon me by my creator? You can't give me justice, equality, or freedom. If the situations that I'm living in and my social condition means that I'm in a position where I've got to ask for it, then something that simply has to happen is you have to be removed from a position from power to ensure that all people are uh, guaranteed uh, justice, equality, and freedom. And quite as a frank, uh, Nube, I don't want to be equal to a person that uh, denies another human being freedom. I don't want to be equal to you because you're low in filth. You're a lowly type of person. You have no moral integrity about yourself. Your ethical and moral uh, compass is completely awry. I don't want to be around you, so I have to be better than you. I have to strive for social betterment and preservation of our human species that's on the brink of extinction because of the human race's uh, precarious uh, activity that has corroded our planet. And so we're in, we're, we're, us as black people, we have an instruction guide manual how to keep us an oppressed, disenfranchised group of people on top of the planet that we inherited from the creator. God created man. We didn't come from a monkey. Nobody evolved from no monkey. We got fossils that have been excavated by archaeologists that date back millions and millions of years ago. There's no such. So black history is the beginning of man. That's why it's so special. It's not segregated in the shortest month in the, on the, uh, on the uh, calendar. That's not black history to commodify. Yeah, they came, but they came as slaves. No, that doesn't start as black history. But the capitalists have found a commercial way to... Uh, commodify our plight, commodify our struggle, commodify our oppression. It, it's, but again, it's on, the, it's on the backs of our young black men. It's on the backs of them. Uh, it, uh, it really is. And so uh, that's something that black-owned technology, I understand that in a technological world that these are going to be uh, necessary prerequisites to know in a world that is becoming automated. When a software, when a piece of software can do the job of a, uh, a human at superhuman speed, I no longer need manual labor. And so the people who will be equipped to run that have to have some sort of technological know-how, especially in the world, like I keep reiterating, where we have an instruction guide manual on us, and the ones that put the instruction guide manual on us have a button that can destroy the world through nuclear warfare. I'm terrified, but I know how to conquer that terror. I know how to conquer that fear, and that's what makes me a chivalrous person. That's what makes me have courage because I know how to control fear. 
I know that the same people who has placed an instruction guide manual on people who look like me have a button that can end the world, and now I have to be in the technological arms race to protect my people. But I'm a member of a people that's just in North America itself, not our brothers and sisters in the West Indies and in the Caribbean, not our brothers and sisters in the continent of Africa and the ones that's in Europe, just to name a few places. My brothers and sisters in North America are projected to spend $1.5 trillion with a T in 2022. That is immense. That's gargantuan. That means that if the North American Africans were their own nation, it would rank among the top ten largest economy in the world. So I have to go based on that, but it's not collectivized. It's not coordinated in an effort that is beneficial to the whole group in a collectivized fashion. I call it BEEP, like the Black Panther Party BEEP, BPP, Black Purchasing Power, and I am imploring and exhorting someone to go create an app that is among our group of Africans, create an app that tracks our BEEP in real time. It's our heartbeat. I call it the BEEP, like BEEP BEEP. That's Black Purchasing Power. And with the advent of financial technology and fractional reserve banking, how these capitalists have uh, manufactured and engineered ways to uh, quantify and to uh, create a finance, they call it, creative finance. In a white person's mind, a $1.5 trillion in cash and purchasing power, that's $15 trillion in his eyes because he can, uh, quant- he can uh, multiply that by 10. And so that's how we have to think. He can multiply that by 10 through creative financing. And so we have a start right now. We have a trillion dollar, we got a multi-trillion dollar economy just within ourselves. And it hurts me to just see this. You know, we don't need nobody to help. We love allies. We're the people. We're the, we the fathers and mothers of civilization. But we can do this. We can do this ourselves by coordinating that, the coordinating the trillion, our multi-trillion dollar economy. We haven't even touched Africa yet. We're already multi-trillion dollars in North America. And so everything to liberate us is within our reach. But nobody's stepping up. Our struggle is commodified. No, that, 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 that beef has to, be, has to be collectivized. And then we can protect ourselves militarily. As a man, I mean, do you hear me, Nubay? I do. All right. Now, admittedly, I wanted to keep this brother in his flow, but at the same time, I was completely blown away. And quite admittedly, um, a little bit lost. Um, uh, just listening to him, I, was, I, I really was blown away by, by his incredible knowledge and so I had to ask him, knowing that he's only 26 years old, where he learned this from. And, of course, I wasn't surprised by the answer. I don't have a GED. I'm actually in GED right now. I don't even – I'm in GED right now. I don't have a GED. I've been, all this, I'm an autodidact. All of this, I've educated myself through prison, through the books okay. that have been laying around, through meeting with lifers. And so this is a, uh, a education that I acquired from prison. And uh, uh, what I wanted to say is that nobody can give you freedom, equality, or justice. New Bay, I'm in prison right now for taking something that don't belong to me. And so I was entitled to equality. I was entitled to freedom at birth. And so a man can't give me that, New Bay. So if the conditions is what the conditions are, then I have to remove you from power to ensure everyone gets it. You can't give me no freedom or justice, you can't give me that. I'm sorry, you can't give it to me. I was entitled to that. So as, as there's institutions and systems that exist, they have to be replaced to ensure 
all people get uh, uh, justice and freedom. And you can't give me that. And so, right, it starts I'm when you were for taking something that don't belong to me. And so, they're going to deny me my birthright. Well, I just find that interesting, though, too, when I think about that line of thinking, because you're actually maybe taking something that that had already been stolen. It's uh, ill-gotten gains from everything in this country. Uh, you know, stolen land, stolen dreams, stolen people. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. All right, we are going to take a quick musical break, and uh, with a song from Boogie Down Productions called You Must Learn. This is from a playlist put together by Paul Miller, also known as DJ Spooky, a parallax view Afrofuturism in sound, which I got from the mothership journey into Afrofuturism taking place, or I'm sorry, that exhibit is finished over at the Oakland Museum. Um, But here we go with You Must Learn. Yo, Chris, what you doing out of school? Yo, man, they just suspended me, big boo. Word, they suspended the teacher? Yeah, man, I'm getting so sick of this, man. They teaching us about nothing, man. You know what the bottom line is for black people out here? It's quite simple. You must learn.
All right, a couple of things here that I want to mention. First of all, this song comes from 1989. I don't even think uh, Masamura was born. But also, I have been pronouncing his name Musamada because there was another um, elder, very wise, incredible man, uh, Musamada, that I had met a couple of years ago. Now maybe it, be, it might be about three years ago. Fortunately, he passed away I believe sometime last year and um, so we are speaking with as I'm sure you have taken note of Masamuda not Musamada all right we are going to continue and if you are just joining us you have been listening to a conversation that I have been in with Masamuda 26 year old man who was modern-day enslaved in RJ Donovan prison um, and he's been talking to us basically really just about his philosophy, what he has learned about himself um, and about uh, being a black man in America. So we are going to continue with that conversation um, and also bringing up uh, uh, the, the impact of um, his knowledge about the Willie Lynch letter, uh, which has had a huge impact on how he sees the world. So um Again, we're going to get started uh, with um, the second part of my conversation with Masamuda. The fourth. Uh, yeah, so I was just saying that all areas of our lives are being are commodified and extracted uh, uh, for the benefit of America with 3Ks, Inc., because this is a corporation. Uh, but I also wanted to ask you, because I can't help... Um, I, I do, uh, yes, you are a, a, a black man. I am, so a couple of questions from that standpoint. Um, you, I, do you identify as a black man, or are you just saying that because that's the terminology that we have? Because I know I'm hearing a lot more pushback. Um, I just met a man the other day, actually, who, um, who said, no, I am not a black man. I am a more. And, and he wanted to make it very clear that he does not identify as black. Um, and I'm hearing that a lot more from people myself. Um, I have, I am on the journey of uh, claiming the identity of a new African. And so I just wanted to ask you about how you identify and why. And then the other question is, as however you identify and as, uh, and it sounds like you identify as a man, as a male, um, I, you, 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 you seem to put the kind of the burden or the responsibility or the, the uh, yeah, the burden, the responsibility, the, um, the impetus well, I like to be squarely with men, I, I, but I wonder where the women come in in this conversation. Yeah, okay. I'm happy you mentioned that because I actually, I'm happy you mentioned it. I like to use a more ubiquitous or layman term, something that's more universal that's people can catch on, but I actually identify myself as Mandinka or Mandingo. That's oh, why okay. I actually identify myself as a Mandinka. That's my ethnic group. That's my tribe. Hence the name, Mansa Musa the Fourth. Um, Mansa Kankan Musa the Fourth. However, uh, and uh, yes, I know that we, there have, there, there is a lot of categories that uh, have came up uh, since uh, I actually left, and so there has been a lot of sensitivity on different aspects of our identification, but I think that once we can identify ourselves, uh, also I, I think that that's something that could be really important and instrumental to our liberation as we have something in common, is that we are people that of the diaspora, and from being a diaspora, I think that when you go down to uh, K 
Kemet, known as uh, Egypt by the Greeks, uh, you can see that uh, there was, that was a matrilineal society where uh, women played a real role inside that, that women is the conduit to civilization because she carries life. And through mitochondria, through women's mitochondria DNA, uh, that's where we have been able to trace mankind from by using the mitochondria DNA of a woman, which was a black woman. And so I think that really understanding the misogynistic, sexist way uh, that our oppressors have created the climate, uh, that's something that's really uh, egregious and has to be upended by all costs. When you look at the historical persecution of our women inside uh, this nation, but when you look at places like Kumasi in uh, Ghana, where the women runs the marketplace, where the women, where the, where the men gets their status in society from the rank and birth of his mother in Kumasi, and so us as Africans, we come from matrilineal societies and matriarchal societies. When you look at the Candy Caves uh, in Nubia and Kush, uh, things like that, um, uh, Makeda. Uh, known as Bilkis, our Queen of Sheba, when you look at the roles of our women that we played in history, uh, that's something that's really important as well because uh, we can uh, go and look back to that. It's something, a new phenomenon in my generation is I don't ask with black females. And I've, I've been able to break down the psychology and anatomize the psychology of that. My, I, I've been seeing a lot of young black men in my generation say, I don't mess with black females. And uh, I need something foreign. And uh, I want my baby to come out. My baby got good hair because his mom is... This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Wow, mom. you're actually still hearing that language? Yeah, it's you're actually really it's pathetic. It's wow. Pathetic. Okay. Yeah, it's pathetic. And so uh, uh, that's something that's, uh, that, has, that I've also caught my attention. And uh, although that I am... Uh, I'm, I'm married to a, 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 a Filipino woman, which you would call Filipino, after the king of Spain, Philip. After he colonized that island, they named it Philippines in the member of the Spanish monarch, Philip II. So that's what that name, but we know that the Negritos, the Etos people, the Etos people of the original uh, archipelago were a black people, the same as the Aborigines in Australia, Tonga, Samoa, so as the Dravidians of India and Mohenjo-Daro of the Indus Valley Civilization to the Tigris to the Euphrates, all the way to America. We were the first civilization uh, in Mesoamerica through the old Met people that is now in uh, uh, modern-day Mexico, the, the ancient ruins of the civilizations of this jet black people. And so we, uh, we have an instrumental role, and I wear my hair in a natural way, but yes, my wife is a woman that was my co-descendant that has been down with me when my when my when my day one uh, uh, gave me up, gave me up to the authorities. This uh, this Asiatic woman has been uh, with me, and uh, you know, and that just lets you know that love has no barriers. But she understands her role as us as a human species being originated from the original people. And so once we have those people who can identify as that, then we just push forward. But the way back in on what you were saying about. Um, uh, about the black woman and her role in it. The black woman is the mother of civilization. That's our moon. That's the conduit of life. I call I call it the womb. The black woman is the womb. That's what I call her, the womb. She's mm -hmm. precious. She's precious. She's the mother of all civilizations. But the black woman uh, is something that's really special, and I tell everybody that all the time. 
And so what happens is that uh, the black woman has seen the black man get abused since our inception, since the since the initiation of this carnage on our person. And so um, this is something that is really a, of a psychological warfare uh, because there has been an instruction guide manual, as I said, that has been implemented to keep us a docile, acquiescent, stratified group of people. That's you. I'm not making this up. I've read no. the Willie Lynch letter and cried. I read it and cried, Nube. It literally cried. Yeah, I felt so assaulted when I read that. I just, um, it, I actually had to put it down. And so we were really packaged up in a commercial way and sold. We were the first ones on Wall Street mm-hmm. in the auction blocks. Lift his nuts up. Lift his balls up. He's healthy. Lift his armpits up. Show him your uh, titties. Lift her vagina up. She's a healthy one. Look at her anus. She's ready to breathe. That was the first uh, auction block. This is where the financial markets come from. Absolutely. Everything. Wall Street, insurance, um, accounting, all of that. That's all based on slavery. And we, we have been a natural resources for the capitalistic nations that have completely prospered have done well, the France and England, Spain, Italy, Belgium, Portugal. We have enriched these nations through our physical human labor and through the resources of the continent of Africa. We have enriched and made these nations giants, global giants, uh, industrialized giants off of the oppression of African people and Africa's minerals, and that's just indisputable. I'm not being biased. I'm not creating some sort of... No, I no, but I we need to also add in there also um, our minds as well. Our knowledge of the of the world and of the planet has also been stolen from us and and uh, used as the commodified and used as the benefit. We were the teachers of math, science, all of that, and it's being attributed to other people. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and I think that that's something that we have to. Uh, that's why we have to use our ancient history and, and saying that we we are the founders of civilization that we created the mathematics, the science, and the technology. Is that being black in itself, melanin in itself, is a technology because it comes from your brain. Melanin is a uh, melanin is a substance that is secreted by an endocrine gland known as the pineal gland that is situated at the bottom back part of the corpus callosum. The corpus callosum is a band of nerve fibers that connects both hemispheres of the brain and allows electrocommunication through uh, both sides of the brain. And so that band of nerve fibers, that's where the pineal gland is located. And it secretes melatonin packets that goes to the epidermis and the epidermal layers of your skin and gives it the coloration and the hue uh, through the uh, phenomenon of melanostimulated hormones. And so one understanding that melanocytes is a technology that comes from your brain. Literally, being black is secreted in your brain. And so it's a technology in itself that our creator endowed us with when he created us on the equator to be able to and so that's something that we just have to tap into our ancient history and use that as a premise to infuse and imbibe this next generation with veneration and reverence for our ancient history. 
and I think that that will be uh, enough fuel to catapult us to the stratosphere, our ancient history, not 500 years ago when we came as, no, the ancient history, we have to have the ancient story of when we were in the Kemet and we built the Medunetter and uh, we built the pyramids through Emotep. Uh, we've done um, uh, uh, mass engineering uh, 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 feats in Kush, and that we, we, we were the first Hebrews. We were the uh, Alamites when the Aryans came and invaded. We built the first urban cultures. Is that uh, we spread the human, we spread the culture of human civilization to other parts of the world that was not occupied by humans. And through genetic uh, mutation, after this original uh, chat, black people uh, procreated among themselves, there was a mutation inside the gene that created different type of phenotypes that we have of our beautiful human rainbow family today. And that's just indisputable. Right. We, we created the we created the genetic mutation that enables different phenotypical characteristics of the human family today. No human race, the human family, the human species. We're against the human race. We're going to throw the human race out of power. And I'll ple- and I've already pledged on my knees to do that. I'm going to throw the human race out of power. And they and I don't care if they listen to me on the phone. You have to get out of power because you're not for the benefit of all people. And whenever circumstances and situations exist as that, such as I'm paraphrasing, but the founding father says that in a theory known as the social contract, where uh, the theory goes is that the the government and the democracy derive their uh, power to rule from the consent of the government. But whenever this institution and systems abuse their right to rule, it's incumbent on the people to replace that system with policies and procedures that ensure justice, freedom for all people. And so that's, and so I'm a rebel. All right. So Masamura and I did get cut off, uh, but he called back again. And we actually had seven sessions of a 15-minute phone call. Um, and so, of course, with time, we, we only have a certain amount of time. So uh, we got down to about the last session, and I wanted to ask him about how he felt uh, and how he responded to people not uh, pushing back on pos- on the uh, Willie Lynch letter um, and basically just the truth in general. Yeah, well, you know, um, a lot of individuals, like I said, uh, uh, truth, if you spell truth backwards, um, you can get the word hurt, you know. And so if, uh, the truth does really hurt. It really does hurt. And uh, all you have to do is spell uh, truth backwards, and uh, you simply, uh, you can get the words. And it's painful, it's agonizing, because, uh, you know, people are confronted with so many things. It's it's a we're spiritual, emotional people, we're social people, and so we have have to come to restoration. We have to come to restoration as if that, uh, I've noticed, that we have different people that's outside of our immediate ethnic group uh, that have showed fidelity and allegiance towards the movement. And so we have to work with the genuine people that come from unlikely sources, like I said, and then we just mobilize from there. We don't have time in the information age to say we don't know. Not in the information age where everything is at the click of a finger. That's no good of an excuse. I'm speaking specifically to the black men, the black men. I watched a scandal where over 70% of NFL players are black, 
However, there's only one head coach of a team and zero owners. And the other head coach is fouling the guy, Florence, is fouling a, a, a Flores, is fouling a, a lawsuit against the NFL for racial discrimination. Well, from my perspective, there are players on teams of the 30 awesome of the, of the 30 odd teams that that's within the NFL sphere that have eight and nine figure contracts. And so that has to be uh, coordinated and uh, collectivized and create our own. And uh, we have to take a, a proprietor and proprietary um, approach to ourselves. Like it goes back to the commodification of our plight, of our struggle, of our uh, suffering. And so we have to really take our economies on our own hand. And that's the first thing that Malcolm X did once he was released and uh, got under the tutelage of Elijah Muhammad. And that's the reason why it's an effort to make sure that this paper, the debut national black newspaper, stays in circulation. This news organization should be getting donated to by the Jay-Z's and the Rihanna's and the uh, our elites, our elites, you know, to keep it in circulation. But it seems that we've just completely been acculturated and integrated in a way that we have uh, relinquished and gave up our own and capitulated our own uh, ideal heritage, customs, and traditions. Uh, even with me uh, understanding how I'm a Malinke that came from the Mandinka people, the, the Malian people of uh, Mali, uh, I've known under Mr. the Fork of Herring on his title and on his legacy of uh, uh, giving back and just elevating the people's consciousness. And so, um, I'm 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 working with the ones because there's other ones that disagree with what I said. You you you're, you're gonna publish this and there's probably a few comments that say I disagree. And so I have to understand that as well that not all of our people are gonna agree with me. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Well, well disagreeing I'm is speaking. one thing, to, but to say that something is not a, a real thing is another. You know that that you're absolutely different... correct. <laughs> you're <laughs> you absolutely know. correct. There are going to be diverse approaches to this, of course, because we're a diverse people. But to say that, you know, yes, this thing in existence is not really a true thing is, hmm, I, I, although, I wonder about that too. Although, although a lot of times our brothers, you know, uh, they say a lot of great things when they're behind walls and they get uh, out of enemy lines and they don't follow through. But, and so I'm still unproven, but I have dedicated my life to clean and free our people from this calamity, from this travesty that has persisted and uh, continued for centuries now. It simply has to come to an erupt end, and it has to happen now. It's not prolonged. I'm not waiting for anyone to give me anything. It has to happen now as men. As men, we can no longer allow this uh, carnage to continue. It just has to come to a screeching halt, and it will. This unfavorable trend that we are enduring it's going to be reversed, and we're going to see it in our lifetime. And so, oh, I'm so uh, happy I'm really you're saying that. <laughs> it is going to happen in our lifetime. Yes, I am 57, yeah. and I and I am determined to yes have this this turnaround in my lifetime. It's going to be reversed. We're going to be upended and dismantled. We're going to go ahead and extinguish and extirpate. This travesty is going to happen in this lifetime. It will be completely eradicated. It's going to happen this, in this lifetime. And so I'm really stoked to be a part of history, uh, you know, and just being a part of movement. That's the reason why I, 
I love your organization so much and what Willie Ratcliffe and his wife and the other contributors of that organization have done for our people. I'm thankful for this medium right here, this rocking, because, you know, I'm happy for this medium, this apparatus where I can orally express my views because I'm not a good writer. And you are a great orator. You are, this again, it just reminds me how much genius there really is that is being modern-day enslaved. Uh, for this, you're a perfect example as to why uh, I'm so grateful also to be able to have this, to have the wherewithal to have this, these, these platforms. Uh, and so to be able to uh, express yourself in a way that works so that we can um, add it to this incredible, this mix that we so need to, uh, yes, to dismantle and reverse uh, this uh, okay, tragedy. Cool. There's crimes against humanity that is taking place. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the United States is speaking about uh, different nations, uh, human, uh, human rights violations, when they've just been indicted on genocide from the exactly. tribunal that you guys get at the... Yes. Uh, Yes, so, thank you uh, for, I meant to be yeah. bringing that up, it crossed my mind with while you had been talking, and yes, absolutely, the tribunal, the international they tribunal. For genocide. Yes, yes, uh-huh. on all so counts. They have no right to speak, they can't speak against the Chinese, you can't speak against no. China when you still practice slavery and human trafficking via the 13th Amendment, and then you've been indicted for genocide. How can you speak on the nation's human rights violations? <laughs> Yeah, well, that goes to tell you how sick they actually are. This is not white supremacy, I'm sorry. I actually call it white pathology because it is a sickness, in my view. And it's, it's a proverb that, I'm just paraphrasing, but it's a proverb that says, uh, 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 don't talk about the, pl- the plank in your brother's eye. Take the plank out of your eyes first, you hypocrite. It's a proverb right. of the Bible. It's so, yes. you know, so the United States has to take the plank out of her eye first before she ever has any type of moral position to judge another nation on it, because how this continental landmass was acquired is just completely by unspeakable crimes. Really, it's really execrable crimes that were committed against humanity, all in the pursuit of profit. And so that's something that's really wrenching, to see the avarice and the cupidity, the cupidity, of uh, the capitalistic nature of the human race. I would agree. The only thing I'm going to push back, (laughs) I'm only going to push back on one thing, though. Um, I Mm -hmm. do definitely take issue with calling America a her, a she, a female, because this is a white (laughs) patriarchal system that has been set up here. And the only thing that is feminine about it or he or, I mean, or she or her about it is the is the the Gaia landmass that that it, it exists on. You are absolutely correct, okay. and I apologize and thank you for rectifying me on that. All right. Well, that is uh, the end of our conversation uh, for this episode. Masamura and I never got a solid um, uh, ending to our conversation. There's still 45 minutes worth of conversation that, of course, we were not able to present here um, on this show. So we may I may present that um, at a later date. All right, and one last thing about the pronunciation of Mansa Musa's name. It's Mansa, M-A-N-S-A, 
Musa. He never corrected me. And I realized just at the end there, I could really hear the N in there. And so I started with Musa Mata, and then it's really, uh, and then I was Masa Muda, but it's really Mansa Musa. So um, quite a name and uh, quite a young man. I do want to encourage you to write to him. You will need to use his slave name, which is Willard Sandal, W-I-L-L-A-R-D. And you can put in the middle Mansa Musa, M-A-N-S-A-M-U-S-A, Sandal, S-A-N-D-L-E. His slave number is BD5174. That's beautiful and um, daughter 5174. 480 Alta Road, San Diego, California, 92179, and he is at RJD Correctional Facility. I also want to encourage you to check out the latest issue of Prison Focus newspaper by going to www.prisons.org. And also, so checking out their archives, checking out their latest newspaper, checking out, the, go to the website and check out what it is that they were doing, that they're doing, especially with uh, Minister King and Cage Universal. Um, and... And please, you know, donate where you can. Make that investment in these very few um, outlets and platforms that center the voices of our community members that are experiencing modern-day slavery. Um, stay hopeful. Stay, uh, stay open to learning uh, about uh, our, the erasure of our history, of who we are, and um, and stay involved in this movement for prisoners' human rights because uh, crimes against humanity are taking place, and it is called genocide. Get ready for work oh, week and with please Steve check out the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspapers website as well at www.sfbayview.com. And also, please start using that wonderful QR code that you are finding if you, uh, on the newspaper if you are picking up a hard copy anywhere in your community. Um, and and please consider making uh, purchasing that newspaper. It is three dollars a month, thirty six dollars a year for a subscription. If you are so inclined, use that QR code. Really easy. Uh, you can Venmo, you can Cash App, you can go right to our website. All right, people. Again, um, have a great uh, have a great week. See you next time, and get ready for work week with Steve Seltzer. <laughs>